All right, community of faith, welcome to the 20th anniversary. Amazing that we're here together. Did you enjoy the out there? That's a big throwback. You know, in the early days of the church, we had free donuts, and uh, I used to say we're the fastest-growing church in the United States by pure poundage, you know, because we would eat the, the middle schoolers would pile them up, man, I'm telling you. So I hope middle schoolers, you got a lot of donuts uh, today. There came a time when we were spending $100,000 on donuts, and I said, we can either keep supporting our orphanage in Costa Rica or have free donuts. And everyone goes, you got me on that one, Pastor. I was going to complain, but how can you complain about that, you know? So I'm just so glad that you're here. It's such an amazing time that we can be together to celebrate. It's April 2023. Did you ever imagine in April 2003 that we would be here 20 years later? I really didn't imagine. I couldn't imagine being anywhere 20 years. I think we had lived in the same house for three years max uh, before that, you know. That was only once. Yeah, <laughs> the I rest know. Were short. I know, I, and I just, I feel like that, um, you know, when I think back to coming back in, to the United States, we'd been on mission uh, in Mexico for close to a decade, and, you know, we came back, we, we, we were in Cancun those the last uh, few months, uh, suffering for Jesus in Cancun, you know, I, I used to say, uh, and uh, Marco and Karina Monroy, in fact, they're here today, stand up, our pastors in Cancun. <laughs> Love them so much. But we started our church in Cancun. We had about 500 people coming. They were totally unchurched, had never been in church before. And uh, for some reason, when I was talking to my mission board, they said, well, we want you to do some other things for us. Just shut that down. I'm like, I can't shut that down, you know? And it was kind of the last last little straw of, of trying to work in a bureaucracy. And I, we came back somewhat discouraged, thought we'd maybe start a little boutique mission agency or something, and we went around to a lot of larger churches and, and tried to get them interested in doing some things, and it was so hard to get churches interested. Most of them were building their own buildings and, and doing different things, and then as Laura and I just prayed, we said, God, we're discouraged. We don't know what to do. God just put in our heart, we'll start a church that gets it, start a church that understands what it's really all about, and so we did. We started Community of Faith. We started on that Easter Sunday, 2003. It was actually April the 20th. Um, and actually, there are a couple of people here today, maybe some of the rest of you, but a couple that helped actually planning and putting it all together for that first Sunday. One of them is Terry Leatherman. I know many of you know Terry. She's seated over here, and she is still here and still making it happen at Community of Faith. And a couple of our kids are here today, David and Ashley. They were a part of that very first team as we had that first Sunday in 2003. And one of the things that, that I noticed for that weekend, that first Sunday, and then every weekend and service after that is that God has provided every single thing we need from every person to every staff member to every volunteer, every particular skill that was needed in a particular moment, every um, just service provider or vendor or, or whatever it is that Community of Faith has needed, God has provided it. And he's done it oftentimes in miraculous ways. And it's been incredible to watch him do it. One of the verses that stuck out to me in those early days, because we would literally spend every dime that Community of Faith had in the bank um, advertising and letting people know that we were here. And then I can remember thinking, 
what are we gonna do now? <laughs> but God came through, he came through every time. And I remembered reading 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and it says this, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And that is such a statement of what God has done at Community of Faith, always providing everything we need with plenty left over to share with others. And we've seen him be so faithful to us across the years. That first service, um, we'd sent out a brochure to about 30,000 homes. We're meeting in Goodson Intermediate School, Goodson Middle School. And um, we were doing a thing about marriage and 180 people showed up. We didn't have a core or anything. So um, we just had this 180 people that showed up. We had a nursery in the hallways of Goodson Middle School. It was quite quite a fiasco, quite amazing. And um, 120 of them came back the next week and just church started from that. But I remember that very first service. I, I didn't really know how to respond like, hey, we're starting a church because nobody knew that it was our first Sunday, really. And so I just kind of acted like we'd been going for a while. And um, I, I remember at the offering, I thought, oh, these are all people that haven't been in church much before. And they're probably going to think, oh, church is just about the money and stuff. So I said, if you're not a regular attender or a member of Community of Faith, don't feel obligated to give. And, and nobody did. And they didn't. Yeah. they. <laughs> that, so that verse became really important that God was going to provide everything. But since then, you guys have been so generous, and it's just been amazing to be a part of a place like this. We started an orphanage in Costa Rica before we ever built our first building, spent several hundred thousand dollars getting the land and the orphanage, uh, put it, putting that together. And um, I just, we wanted to make a statement, and you made a statement to the world that this is what we're about. I remember two of the, the little children that, came into that very first orphanage, Fabricio and Alondra, his sister. They were just little tiny kids, and they had seen their father kill their mother in front of them with a chain and, and um, just traumatized and almost feral. And we watched God work in their lives. And you guys really got the verse that we were saying, this is our theme, this is who we are. And it's in Micah 6, 8, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. This is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And we banked on that. We lived in that. And you guys demonstrated that. One of the things that's been extra special for me, you know, we we brought in those children into the orphanage and have continued to bring new children in across the years. But those very first early ones, the youngest ones that that God first entrusted to us, uh, just became very special to us. And just a few weeks ago, Fabricio, one of those early first ones who came, just a little bitty toddler when he arrived, and he sent me a message a few weeks ago. He's grown now, an adult man, and he has a two-month-old baby girl. And he said, I would really love it if there's any way you can come and dedicate our baby girl to the Lord. And I it literally, again, gives me goosebumps to know that, that that's what you guys have done. You took in this child that needed to know that he was loved and needed to know that God loved him, and you did that. And today, he wants to raise his daughter up to know and love the Lord as well. And that's just a beautiful picture of what you have done as community of faith and what God has done through you. 
You know, uh, in those early years, we started in Gitson Middle School, and Cy Fair only gave churches three years to be in a school. And, and so we knew we had to do something. We started looking desperately around. We were growing so fast and um, trying to figure out what to do. I know we went to, they, they let us move over to Spillane for one week, and then Cypher said, you're too big for Spillane, and you can't meet here anymore. I said, you got to at least let us have another week so we could tell people, you know. And uh, then we moved to the Berry Center uh, for a while. And, you know, what was so interesting, I, back then I used to say, you have to be really smart to be a part of community of faith because you got to figure out where we're meeting this week first. You know, that's, that, that's kind of the first rule that you're going to have to figure out. But it, it was just, it, it was amazing. We, we just were praying, God, what do you want us to do? And the resources, you know, we knew that it was very limited and we we're such a brand new church. Well, we had someone that was so generous and donated this land to us, 42 acres right here on 290. Now, back then, it was way out in the boonies, you know. Um, it was just us and the cows, basically. I had a pastor friend that said, when you started your church out there, I thought this guy is either a genius or an idiot. And and I said, well, which one is it? He goes, well, the jury's still out on that. I don't know about that, but that's what friends are for, right? So 42 acres, and then we had uh, a time where we tried to raise money, and 800 families gave $6 million to build our first building. And it was so amazing to see that go up. I know some of you are still in this room today that were a part of that little band of of believers and said, we're going to make a place for our neighbors, for our community to come and learn about how much God loves them. I'm so grateful for that. You know, I remember when when they first started moving the dirt around here and getting ready to, to build a couple of things. One, I, Mark and I would come up here every day and see what's happening, what's going on. And, and they started moving the dirt. And I remember looking at Mark one day and saying, I can't believe they're doing this because we asked them to. Like, do they know who we are? We're nobody. <laughs> and yet here they are with their tractors and backhoes and all the things to, to build a building. But I remember being here one day, um, it had just barely begun, and this car came driving up on the dirt at the time, and this little old lady got out, and she said, I was wondering if you know what they're building here. And I said, yes, it's going to be a church. Community of Faith is moving here. And she just started crying. And she said, I have been praying for 20 years that God would put a church on this corner. And again, I thought, how incredible God works. His faithfulness to use this woman who years before had begun to pray that God would put a church in this place, and then to put it on the heart of that donor to say, this is the land you're supposed to have at Community of Faith. That all came from God's goodness and his faithfulness to answer the prayers of this young woman. And, you know, not long after that, Community of Faith, we moved into our building in 2007. It was a super exciting time, and the church just began to explode, to grow, like oh, from one weekend to the next, we would add hundreds and hundreds of people. And, and it was crazy. Community of Faith was actually named one of the top two fastest growing churches in the country during that time and probably in the history of the country because uh, churches just don't grow like that. Um, this was Outreach Magazine that did that. But 
It was incredible to be a part of it and to see what God was doing. And I remember one of the most amazing things that God did and has done through Community of Faith. He did not here. He did it on the other side of the planet in Burundi, Africa, as he established this partnership in 2008 that we have and continue to have with the Batwa people. Yeah, my family, uh, my my son David, my daughter Sarah, and, and myself, we went to Rwanda, Africa, to a conference that had all of these African entrepreneurs. They were trying to figure out how to get business started in Africa and combine business and faith. And uh, the guy who led it was a guy by the name of Claude Nikondeha. He was from Burundi. And I was so impressed with Claude. He was, he was amazing and, and an entrepreneur himself. And so I got to know him. And then he asked, he asked me and David and Sarah, he said, y'all want to go see my country? Burundi is right next to Rwanda. And they're both tiny little countries. Now, both of them had the genocide in 94, where over a million people were killed in some tribal conflict. But Rwanda got hundreds of millions of dollars from the, the world community to try to rebuild, but Burundi got nothing. I don't know where their political leaders and they were kind of, they were in some civil war and some stuff. So they, they got nothing. And um, I remember getting in the car with Claude and David and, and Sarah, and um, we were driving to, toward his country and we crossed that line from Rwanda to Burundi and it was just stark the difference just at the border even. It was like you would imagine going from the Dominican Republic into Haiti, you know, where they're both on that same island, but it's just stark, the difference between the two. And, and the poverty was overwhelming even from the beginning. And then Claude asked us if we would like to go and visit a Batwa community. And I didn't know who they were. And he said, they used to be, they're the little people. They used to be called the pygmies. And they're probably the most discriminated people in, on the planet right now. And I said, well, sure, we'd like to go. And I remember that we drove out there. On the way out there, our driver was going almost 100 miles an hour down this little road. And I'm thinking, this guy's crazy. I got my whole, I said, buddy, I've got my whole family in here and, and you're driving 100 miles an hour down this road. And, and he goes, ah, oh, pastor, I'm so sorry. He said, it's just that last night uh, during our civil conflict, the government uh, forces and the and the enemy guerrillas were like shooting across this road. And I said, speed up, man. You're not even <laughs> close to going as fast as you can go, you know? But we got out there and we got to this just, it was just dirt, dust, dust. And, and there wasn't anything growing as far as you could see. And the government had placed about 3,000 people, this one little Batois village on this land. They hadn't eaten anything in two weeks. And their children had the distended stomachs. Only two out of 10 of their children were living to age five. They wouldn't even name them until they were three or four because they didn't expect them to live. And I remember they started dancing for us. And they danced and they danced. And the dust was rising up and choking. But they just kept on dancing. And I met with their chief. And I, Claude was just this cool entrepreneurial guy. He had his Ray-Ban sunglasses on, and he's interpreting for me because it's in Kurundi. And all of a sudden, I see tears starting to come down as I'm talking to this chief from Claude's face un from underneath those Ray-Bans. And what the chief told me, he said, I said, what, what's your name? And he said, my name is no name. It literally means no name because my parents said, you're a toi, and you won't amount to anything, 
and the world is going to forget you, and you're just your life will be worthless. We're not even going to bother to call you a name. We call you no name. And he was the chief. And he looked at me, and he said, God has forgotten us. The world has forgotten us. And I suddenly thought of some scripture out of the kind of the life chapter that God had given me for my life in Isaiah 49. And I shared it with him. And I said this, Isaiah 49, 16, they say the Lord has forgotten us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. And I said, God hasn't forgotten you. Your names are written, and he has a name for you, and it's written on the palm of his hand. Later, they called this chief. They changed his name to Hope, which I thought was amazing. But I said, and there's a little church way out in Cypress, Texas, across the ocean that's not going to forget you either. And that was the beginning of this amazing partnership. I remember uh, part of the tribe had bought this amazing land as we worked in business with them, three rivers coming together, so unlike where they were. And in the place where they were, we planted trees and eucalyptus trees. They grow so fast, 2,000 trees, and did a lot of things together with them. But the first child that was born on the new property, they named her Iribuka, which in Kurundi means God remembers. And I thought, that is such a testament to how good God is. You know, in the last 10 years, we've only lost one child that I know of out of all of that. We're working with about 20,000 of the Batwa. And so there's a lot of kids out there, you know, with the lady that we said, okay, we're going to have to help them some with some, maybe some family planning. And we put her in charge of it and she got pregnant about a month later. So that didn't work out. But it's just been this amazing journey with them as we've watched what they've done. You know, the names are important to the Batwa. Like you said, they named Eribuka, God remembers. But I remember just a few years ago, they gave you a name. And I know the Batwa leadership had spent a long time uh, talking about and, and thinking about what to name Mark, what name to bestow upon him. And, and we probably were rejected there, some really good ones, I imagine. We, we were there that summer, and during one of their services together, they, these men who are probably my size or smaller, they picked Mark up over their heads, and they were carrying him all around the village, and they started saying, mucho, mucho, mucho which being Spanish speakers, we thought, well, that's pretty appropriate. Mark's kind of a lot, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but mucho in Karindi means light. And they told us that they were naming Mark Light because he brought light to the Batwa people and they wanted their children to grow up and bring light to the world. And I thought, what a beautiful picture of who they are. And it was so interesting because... Isaiah 49, my, that life chapter of mine, it, at the beginning it says, I will make you a light to the nations. And the fact out of all the names they could have chosen, they chose light, was, was just so amazing to me. Kind of coming first full circle around that way. But here's what I want you to know. Mark was there as a representative of you, community of faith. You guys have been light to the Batwa people. God has used you in incredible ways. And, and to the rest of the world, listen what's happened since then, since the beginning of that partnership. You guys have an elementary school there that has been adding a year every year. I think we're up through eighth grade now. 
Um, they've graduated hundreds of Batwa children that are getting a good education and having the, the benefit of what that will accomplish in their life. You guys have a trade school that has now educated all the young adults in that community and is reaching out to, to young adults in other communities now as well. You guys have a hospital that recently received an ultrasound machine, taking care of women and children those first uh, hundreds of days of life and just an incredible ministry there. The bank you have is giving out thousands of dollars in loans every day so that people have an opportunity to start their businesses and to uh, employ other Batwa people and, and others of the other tribes. It's just incredible what's going on. I think you've provided now over 300,000 jobs in Burundi. That's an incredible thing that God changing has done Changing the whole country. You. you really are changing the country. You have a, a fortified porridge factory now that produces fortified porridge for children, for pregnant and lactating women. And they sell 50% and then they use those profits to give the other 50% away. So they give it out to Batwa villages, to all the schools. The children eat twice a day. Um, they actually have... A, a porridge now going into Congo and impacting the Batwa families in that country. 60,000 kids 60, a day. 60,000 children a day are eating because of you. Um, their lives are being saved. They are healthy. They are growing. Um, it's just incredible. And then just last year, you probably heard us talk about, we have established a partnership with the United Nations in Burundi to uh, come into the area where the, the uh, traditional king's hunting ground is and help bring some reforestation to that area and to uh, bring hope to the hundred Batwa villages around that forest. And so it's incredible what God has done and how he's used you guys to do it. I think we might even get to show the UN a little bit of what God can do, right? So I'm excited about that. Uh, well, in 2009, we're just hitting our stride and we're going, God, you're so good and you're so faithful. And we're just it's, it just felt like God was so powerfully moving on our behalf, that dream coming true. And then Laura found out she had cancer. Just in a, a routine colonoscopy, she'd had some bleeding, and, and we went in, and I still remember the doctor had no bedside manner. Uh, came to me, Laura's still kind of in a daze in the recovery room, and she said, well, we thought it was probably hemorrhoids, but it's cancer. And I said, excuse me, you know? And she said it again. We found out that it was stage three, that Laura had about a 50-50 chance of survival. And, I mean, we stumbled pretty good, you know, trying to figure out what God was doing, what was he about. Um, you know, we kind of lost our stride. There's no question about that. And so we're going, God, what's going on? And we began to realize how good God is no matter what, that we don't have a deal with God, that all of us are going to suffer in this world. Jesus said that in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but take courage. I've overcome the world. He said, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And we're not any different. You know, a lot of Americans sometimes will think we have a deal with God, that we've done good and we've been faithful. And But sin has so broken our world that all of us are going to feel some of these things. And we found in the midst of it, we still discovered God's goodness, didn't we, Laura? You know, I would never wish a cancer diagnosis on anyone, but I can tell you that I found that experience in that time in my life and in our marriage and family and in the life of the church to be some of the sweetest 
times I have ever experienced. We really experienced the church being the church. You guys came alongside us and supported us and prayed for us and, and gave us the time we needed to walk through this and just loved us in a way that we had never been loved before. You know, I had always been, you know, the wife and the mother and the minister, and before that I worked as a registered nurse, and so we, I was someone that was always serving and taking care of other people. So it was a whole new experience for me to sit back and, and let people serve me and take care of me but we found it to be the sweetest thing as you guys as a church really were the church. You came alongside us and loved us. I really think we wouldn't have eaten during that time except for the meals that you guys provided for us. And I know all during that time, God brought to mind a verse that he had shown me many years before, and I wanna read it to you. It's Isaiah 54:10. It says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. And we saw everything God ever said, everything I'd ever been taught, every scripture I ever read, every promise of God to be absolutely true. And nothing can shake that foundation I have now. I wanna read you a quote from Mark Buchanan. He's the author of the book, The Holy Wild, wrote it many years ago. If you've never read it, it's a good book, but this is something that I read during that time and just held on to. He says this, faith is finally this, resting so utterly in the character of God and the ultimate goodness of God that you trust him, even when he seems untrustworthy. And I've held on to it this week as we've walked through some hard days together as a family, but we've seen that God remains faithful and remains trustworthy. And that was such a lesson for us and for community of faith during that time. Isaiah 41, 13 says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And he did, and he does. And all through the ensuing years, 2010, we saw um, so many things take place. You guys continued to work all around the world. You worked in Haiti, um, starting schools and bringing hope to the people there following the earthquake that they'd had. Um, we continue to get messages from our friends in Haiti telling us about the school, telling us about new little community of faiths that they've started around the country. You guys have worked in Honduras providing a shelter for girls that were rescued from trauma and trafficking. You've uh, provided a home for the elderly working in Nicaragua, um, uh, a children's center reinforcing their education. You've done similar things in India where you have a residential school um, so that the children come from their mothers that are working in the in sex industry and their children come and live there and they learn about the love of God in that place. You guys have done that. Of course, the orphanage in Costa Rica, you worked um, years ago among the indigenous people in Costa Rica. You also worked in a very poor neighborhood called the Carpio, bringing medical um, care and, and just love to those people. You have done things all across Mexico in Latin America. You working in the Philippines as well. And, and then here locally, so many local partners that you guys have partnered with. You've served there and volunteered. You pray for, you give. It's just incredible to see a body of people that say, we're just gonna go out and love people. We don't care who they are. We don't care what's happened, what's been going on. We're gonna love them. 
And you guys have done that. You have literally lived out the gospel. And I am so proud of you guys and proud to be a part of this church with you. And our counseling center has just made a difference in the lives of hundreds and hundreds of marriages. And uh, we've seen a lot of you that have had a lot of childhood trauma, uh, just seen your life turn around. We've got some of the, the best trauma counselors in the whole United States right here with us. It's just been amazing to, to see God in action. You know, our that first building that we built is the multi-purpose room. If you've been over in that room, it was a little bit bigger than that because it included part of the lobby now. Um, so we were meeting in there, and I remember it was around 2014, we were having four services. They were all full, and we would have to actually open the doors in the back and put chairs in the lobby so people would sit out there during the service. And it got to a point that there just wasn't any more space. And we thought, you know, if we're gonna continue to be able to reach people and reach your friends and your families and your neighbors and, and tell them how much God loves them, we've gotta have a bigger place. And so that's what we did. Yeah, in 2015, we moved into this room. And if you're here and you're new, it's because of the sacrifice of so many that we were able to do this. And again, we did it so simply with just the concrete floors and we actually got the pretty tile that's back there cheaper than the concrete. So we went for that. And um, it's just, it's been amazing to see God in action, right? One of the things that was incredible when we moved into here is that then we had space in the NPR to do other things. And it was just in time because in 2017, Hurricane Harvey hit. And if you lived in Houston, you remember what happened. And there were so many people that were out of their homes and and just flooded out. And you guys came together within a matter of just hours and opened up this place, the multi-purpose room, to house families and provide a place for them um, where they could receive comfort in their grief, where they could um, have a, something to eat. We even received their pets here, and a lot of shelters didn't do that. And you still find the occasional cat around. <laughs> um, it, it was incredible to watch you guys. Literally, in a number of hours that afternoon, just people started bringing blankets and cots and food and water and cleaning supplies and, and just everything that anybody could ever need or use, and you guys dropped it all off here, and then you served shifts around the clock, 24-hour shifts, to be here and care for these families that had lost everything. And it was amazing to watch you guys in action again. Um, and then you went out and did cleanup after the yeah. hurricane, and you did reconstruction and, and helped so many people get back into their homes. It was, it was amazing to watch. Flash forward to 2020, and I, was preach, I preached a, a powerful series on 2020 vision, and it didn't work out anything like that at all because COVID hit, right? And the churches shut down, and, and you, still you were faithful in all that time. Our online presence grew. The giving was still consistently coming in so that I didn't, you know, we could keep the staff that we had and just, just a, a, a sweet time, even in the midst of that pandemic. I remember we would have people that came into a relationship with Christ, their lives were changed, they wanted to be baptized. So um, we would go out to people's homes and baptize in their swimming pool. Someone in the area from Community of Faith that had a swimming pool, we'd bring everybody that had come to faith there and I still remember my pastors, you know, they would put on the mask and they'd put on the, the rubber gloves. And I still remember one guy's face getting ready to get baptized. And I said, yeah, they'll baptize you and give you a free prostate exam at the same time. It was amazing. But he didn't think it was as funny as I did. But 
you know, it, it, it was just such an amazing, crazy time, and your faithfulness continued. You know, one of the things when we started the church that Mark and I prayed was that our children would see and experience the glory of God. We wanted that for them. Isaiah 54, 13 says, all your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be your children's peace. And that was one of our prayers for, for our children, children but for your children as well. And one of the greatest joys I have now is to see your kids who have been here and grown up at Community of Faith, and now they come back and they're serving at Community of Faith and they bring their families and they say, we want our kids to grow up in this place. And I just love that that's what God has done, that he has allowed our kids and your kids to see his glory and to experience who he is and experience his love. You know, there are a couple of things that are unique to Community of Faith that I just love. One of them is that we have a campus in Cancun, um, and back in 2018, we got to experience uh, them moving into their first building for the first time after many, many years, celebrate that with Marco and Karina, which was a lot of fun. Another thing we have is our special needs ministry, and I'm so grateful that you guys see the value and importance of that. You don't know how many people um, tell us we came because of your special needs ministry. And it just provides a respite for these families so they can come and worship and know that their uh, family members are well taken care of and they don't have to worry about them. So I love that you guys care about the community so well that way. The other thing I love about Community of Faith is just the diversity that we have. I think in, maybe it was Carol Strong in her I Am COF video, she mentioned that, but she said it feels a little bit like heaven because we're all here together, and I really think it does, and I love that about us. There's a, a quote I read by Kim Meter. She's an author, um, and I want to read it to you this morning. It says, miracles fill the space that is given to them. They can be as small as a twinkle or larger than the midnight sky. However, unlike dreams, miracles come to life. They are powered by the smile of an almighty God and profoundly change all who are touched by them. Many have said seeing is believing when in reality just the opposite is true. Believing is seeing. And I really believe that we've witnessed a miracle come to life at Community of Faith all those 20 years ago and God continues to bring miracles into play every day and my life has been profoundly impacted and I know Mark's life has and I imagine yours too, and I'm so grateful for what God has done. You know, almost 100 years ago, uh, a, a great missionary died and was having, they're having his funeral, and someone came up to his wife and said, your husband was extraordinary. And she looked at him and she said, oh no, you don't understand. My husband was very, very ordinary but our God is extraordinary and he loves to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. That's how Laura and I feel. We're just like you, just ordinary people. You're ordinary. You say, what's special about me? But God's going, I love you and I'm gonna use you. And he has used you in so many ways. The future is so bright. I can't wait to see what God wants to do. One of our big projects now Marco has been preaching online in Spanish. Uh, you know, they carry it from the Cancun campus, but people all over the world are starting to listen. And even starting churches in Colombia and 
and Peru and all these different places that uh, using him, they'll just put him up on on the screen and and they'll gather around. And we want to really take that when God is working, we want to join him. And so one of my big dreams is to expand that ministry and reach the 800 million Spanish speakers around the globe. And I want you to be a part of that with us. Our counseling ministry is going to expand. We're going to make a difference in all of this area of Houston and maybe beyond. I can't wait to see what God has for us in these next 20 years. The verse that he's given to Laura and to me is Ephesians 3.20. God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Who knows what the next 20 years will hold because we're just ordinary people, but we get a front row seat to an extraordinary God and all that he wants to do. I know he wants to do it in your life, in your marriage, in our world. He wants to bring justice and mercy. He wants us to walk humbly with him. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do in you and through you over these next 20 years. I want you to, to, to listen to Flora's story. She's such a perfect example of community of faith and who we are. Listen to this. Come on, community of faith, 20 years. How about that? Woo! I just kind of want to sit in that praise at the end. How about you guys? You know, I was thinking about community of faith in these 20 years. I began thinking that that means we've had 1,040 Sunday morning services plus a lot more services along the way. We have a database that tracks when you guys all come and join our church, and we have about 90,000 people on that database. Now, we know it's probably more than that because a lot of y'all don't fill out those cards, even though we ask you to, but we have about 90,000. We have seen thousands of people baptized, lives transformed. But what I love, and we heard it today as Mark and Laura talked, is that we're a different kind of church. We're a missional church. And I love that that's who community of faith is. But I want to call a couple on the stage And when I think about today, a word that that the Lord brought to my mind is the word obedience. That 20 years ago, God put on the heart of Mark and Laura Shook. And if you guys wanna come up here on stage, God put a dream and a vision in their heart. And it was community of faith. And as they're coming up, I wanna just say a couple of things that is so unique about Mark and Laura Shook. As we were talking about 20 years in this celebration, one of the things that Laura Shook said was, hey, look, I don't want any attention on us. I want all the glory and all the praise to go to God. I just thought that is so amazing for a leader to say that. And also I was with Mark a couple of months ago and we were with one of our partners at lunch. And as as Mark was telling them what Community of Faith wanted to partner with them and do, he said these words. He said, but listen, I don't want you to use the Community of Faith name. We don't want to receive any credit. We just want to give you this. We want to partner with you, but you don't ever have to say Community of Faith did this. And I thought, how incredible that we have two leaders that are humble, 
that don't want credit, don't want praise, because that's honestly unique in a mega church scenario. It really is. And I wanna say too is that Mark and Laura Shook, they do so many things behind the scenes. They give to our staff. They give, I know that many of you have received blessings from them. They are selfless, they are giving, and they're two of the most generous people I know. So today, as we celebrate 20 years here at Community of Faith, I can't help, we can't walk away without praising God for our leaders. So Community of Faith, I want you to give one big appreciation to Mark and Laura Shook. So, Mark and Laura, on behalf of our entire church, what we wanna do is we want to gift you guys a trip. And we know that right now you have things going on with your family, but at a later time in the fall, later in this season, we wanna gift you a trip and say from the bottom of our hearts that we love you, we thank God for you, and we just want to pray and bless you so very much. So let's one more time, let's just praise God for Mark and Laura. We do love them. All right, one thing I wanna announce, we will have pastors up here at the front. If you have something that you want a pastor to pray over you, we have people at our next step area that you can go to, whatever your next step is. Our carnival is underway. The wind has been a little bit dicey out there. So we've taken some tents down and we've set things up, but everything is going. So you can get your tickets. You can also get your t-shirts out there and uh, we want you to stick around. The, the rain's not here, so, so God answered our prayers. Let's go celebrate. Thank you so much for being here. God bless.